Thank you again for being here today. This is uh, basically part two of a two-part series on baptism. And so last week we talked about baptism. We talked about the history of baptism, where this thing came from. And so today we're going to do a little bit of a recap of sorts about what that's all about. And then you will have the opportunity to be baptized if so desired. And so we're looking forward to that. We're excited about that. Um, and so last week, as we talked about baptism, really what we said is, is basically, Pastor Sean summed it up beautifully, it's an outward expression of an inward reality. That's what it is. It's doing something externally. It's a little ceremony, a little washing ceremony that expresses something about who you are and what you're about, it expresses your belief that Jesus is the Son of God. Baptism expresses your belief that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Baptism expresses the reality that you have received Jesus as your Savior, and that's a big thing. That's a life-changing commitment, a life-changing decision to accept Jesus as your Savior. Now, one of the things that I've told you all before is that I was a church kid. I grew up going to church, and one of the things that I realized about Jesus as I was growing up in the church is that Jesus, He has a whole lot of nicknames. Did you know that about Jesus? A lot of different things that people call Him, a lot of different titles, titles, nicknames sound sacrilegious, a lot of different titles, let's do it with that, a lot of different titles of Jesus, things that He calls Himself, things that other people call Him. Uh, he's referred to as Emmanuel. Okay, back in the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah talks about he will be called Emmanuel, and that name is significant. That title is significant because it means God with us. And so Jesus is the God that was with us, that became flesh and was with us. And so all these different nicknames, all these different titles, they tell us something about who Jesus is. They tell us something about his character, something about his, his nature. Jesus refers to himself often as the Son of Man, which is a reference to his human nature, but it's also like this little secret message to his divine nature. We can talk more about that some other time. But, but he calls himself the Son of Man. Again, he's one of us. He's one of us. It's a, he's the God that's one of us, which is really remarkable. Jesus refers to himself as the Good Shepherd, the Good Shepherd that will lay down his life for his sheep. And again, that tells us something else about who Jesus is. He is invested in our lives. He's not the kind of shepherd or the leader or the guide or a protector that will just flee when trouble comes. He's the kind of shepherd that would face down a bear or a lion and protect us, those of us who are his followers, those of us who consider ourselves his sheep. Jesus also refers to himself as like the gate or the door, which is kind of a weird one. But through him, we pass into eternal life. It's only through him that we can enter into the kingdom of heaven. But then there's this other title that Jesus has. And it's actually a title that John the Baptist gives to Jesus. We talked about John last week. And so John received this revelation from God. John received this information, this revelation, that, this knowledge that this man Jesus was more than just a man. And God revealed to John that Jesus was and is the Son of the living God, that He is the Messiah. And when John sees Jesus walking down the road, walking down the path, here's what he says about Jesus. Behold! When's the last time you used the word behold? Do you ever say that? Behold, look at this. Behold, which is like, hey, look, take this in. Behold, the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. One of the nicknames of Jesus, one of the titles of Jesus that tells us something about who He is, tells us something so important, so key about who He is. Now, as a kid growing up in the church, you kind of get desensitized to certain things. You hear things time and time again, and there would be like hymns you would sing, and there'd be the little old lady at the organ or whoever playing the song, you'd sing, Lamb of God, or whatever it was. You know, so you'd hear this phrase, Lamb of God, or you'd hear it in your Bible stories, you'd hear it in your Sunday school stories, Lamb of God, and I didn't think much about it as a child. 
I just figured it's some kind of like a little, little cute name for Jesus, right? Because lambs are a little cute. They're gentle animals, and so Jesus is gentle, right? Isn't he gentle and all that kind of stuff? So, yeah, he's the Lamb of God. Great. He's God's little, you know, meek, gentle guy, right? I thought that's what that title referred to. I couldn't have been more wrong. Could not have been more wrong. When I was uh, in my early adulthood, when I really began to study the Old Testament, look into what we call the Old Testament, and learn about the sacrificial system that God had given the Israelites. See, God, He took this group of people, He made them a nation, He was their everything. He was their president, He was their king, He was their law-making body. Israel, they were this true theocracy. It was God. That was it. And he gave them rules to live. There was no separation between like the government and the nation or the, the religious order. There was no separation between church and state, if you want to put it that way. It was God. He gave them all their rules to live by. He also gave them holidays to celebrate. This is like, it's all it's a one-stop shop. God was everything to them. He gave them holidays to celebrate, feasts to celebrate. He also set up for them this sacrificial system. And so God, in his infinite wisdom, what he knew is after he gave us all rules to live by, the Israelites, not us all, after he gave the Israelites rules to live by, what he knew is that they would never be able to live up to his glorious standard. He knew that because he's God and knows everything. And so he had this little thing built in, right? He called it the sacrificial system. We call it the sacrificial system. And what he said is, when you fail to live up to my standard, not if, but when you fail, here's what you're going to do. And there were specific times where the Israelites were called to go to the temple, to go before God, to go before an altar and offer up a sacrifice. And so God, you know, he even built the genius of God, right? And he built into his system different, you know, considerations for people with different income levels. But basically, long story short, the, the, the basic sacrifice was a lamb. And so if you could afford it and if you were at a place where you could afford it, you would take a lamb, an unblemished lamb, one of your lambs, lambs? Yeah. One of your, that sounds, is that plural lambs? Anyway, you take one of your lambs, a perfect one, unblemished, clean, pure, innocent, and you would take that lamb to be slaughtered. And so you'd go before a priest and you would put your hand on the head of the lamb and there'd be some words exchanged. And then you'd have to stand there and watch that animal slaughtered watch that animal shed its blood. And what was supposed to be happening there, I mean, this was a ritual, this was a thing, but what was supposed to be happening, this was supposed to be a very visceral, visceral experience where you would see someone else receiving the punishment that you deserve. You would see innocent blood shed. It was supposed to be a visceral experience. Now, did some people just go through the motions? Of course. You know, enough time goes by, you got, kind of get desensitized to the whole thing. Okay, here's a lamb, boop, bada bing, bada boom, done, sins are forgiven, see you next year, or whatever it was. You know what I mean? But there was supposed to be this very visceral thing, this, this reminder, this indication that we can't live up to God's standards. And so here comes Jesus, and John says, hey, look, take this in, experience this. This man, Jesus, is the lamb of God. Now, people, the Israelites, they needed a lamb to present as a sacrifice. God is God. He's perfect, right? God doesn't need to go before anybody and say, oh, please accept this lamb because... No, God is perfect. It's His standard that we have to live up to. He doesn't fall, fail to meet His own standards. He doesn't need a sacrificial lamb. But then John continues. He says, this is the lamb of God. Behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So there's, I mean, just, whoop, 
in a little tiny nutshell, there is Jesus, who he is and what he's about. This is God's lamb. This is God's sacrifice that he's offering up, not on behalf of himself, that he's offering up on behalf of humankind. That's who Jesus is. That's what, you see, first two rows, see the goosebumps, right? That's who Jesus is. He is the Lamb of God who takes away our sins. Now, one of the things that, you know, this was a blessing. If you, if you grew up like me, if you grew up going to church, you probably had a mixed experience, right? Because all of us did. If you, you know, you had some times where it was like, well, this lesson is boring, it doesn't make sense, and maybe some people were mean to you, maybe you had some bad experiences. But there are a whole lot of good experiences that I had growing up in the church, And time and time again, I learned about this Lamb of God. I learned about Jesus. And from the time I was three years old, I remember being taught that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I didn't know what that meant, but I believed it, right? And then you get a little bit older, and you begin to understand it a little bit better. And then you get a little bit older, and you begin to understand it a little bit better. And I had a point in my life, it's kind of all these things converge, where I went to this Billy Graham crusade at Vet Stadium. This was in the early 90s, and I think it was 11 years old. And I was there, and I heard Billy Graham speak, and he gave this presentation on the gospel. In other words, he explained this whole identity of Jesus and how he is the Lamb of God, and he explained this thing of how Jesus died on the cross in my place and in your place, and that all those who receive Jesus as their Savior will receive eternal life. Now, I had already heard all these pieces, and I think I'd already received him as my Savior, but I wasn't sure. And so at the end of his talk, Billy Graham said, you can come on down and we'll pray for you. You can make this commitment official. And we have prayer counselors. And so I went down to the field, had somebody pray with me, and I made it official. I said yes to Jesus. I received him as my Savior. That's what matters to God. What's going on on the inside? What's going on, the inward reality of your heart? The decision to follow him. And when we read about Jesus and, and how he died on the cross, we learn that there are two others who are crucified on either side of him. Criminals, what exactly did they do? We don't know. I mean, it must have been something serious. You don't get crucified for petty theft. I mean, it was a big deal. And so there were two criminals there, and, and one is taunting Jesus as if you're so great, then take yourself down and take us down too. Come on, let's get off these crosses, buddy. Teasing. But the other criminal says, don't you realize we're here? We deserve this punishment, but this is an innocent man. And then he turns to Jesus. Do you know what he says? He turns to Jesus. Turns to Jesus. He says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. It's going to be a day of tears, buddy. I'll tell you right now. Remember me when you enter into your kingdom. You know what Jesus says to him? He says, well, listen, sorry, buddy, you got to get off the cross, we got to get baptized, we got to do some good works, bada-bing, bada-boom, and then maybe, no, 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 you know what Jesus says to him? He says, today, you will be with me in paradise. My goodness gracious, there's always hope, isn't there? Last, I mean, man, talk about last minute, there's always hope in Jesus. And what Jesus knew in that moment was what was going on inside of this man's spirit, inside of this criminal's heart. We don't know what his past was, but we know he didn't have an opportunity to be, to be baptized. He didn't have an opportunity to go live within the boundaries that Jesus, he's like, I got to get down off this cross and learn everything that Jesus taught and live this way. No, he didn't have that opportunity, but he had a revelation. He had a realization. He knew who Jesus was and is. 
He is the one. He is the Lord. He is the Savior. He is the Messiah. And he asked Jesus, please remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's what God values. The heart, what's happening on the inside, the decision to say yes to Jesus, the decision to make him your Savior. Now, some of you today, you will come up here, You'll have this opportunity to be baptized, and that's a wonderful thing. That's an important thing, and it's a wonderful thing to celebrate, but you need to know what really matters is what's happening in here, your decision to make Jesus your Savior. And what I would like to do right now is I'd like to spend some time praying, and I want to give you, all of you, any of you, I want to give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus I want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus as your Savior. Listen, there's no magic transaction here. There's no formula. There's no recipe. There's no words that you need to say specifically or price silently in your heart. That's not how this works. God knows what's going on in here. He always does. And so if you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never received him as your Savior, I'm going to say a prayer, and I'm going to offer a little bit of time of silence. And in that moment of silence, I encourage you, as you are led by the Holy Spirit, to say yes to Jesus, to receive Him as your Savior. Let's pray. Father God, I, I want to thank You for the people that You have put in my life all along the way who have helped me understand You, Jesus, who You are and what You have done for me, what You have done for us. And Jesus, so long ago, I said yes to you so long ago. Even before I really understood what I was getting into, I said yes to you, Jesus. And I'm so thankful that I had that opportunity. And so once again, Lord, I come before you to confess what you already know. Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you have died on the cross for my sins and for our sins. And Jesus, I have received you as my Savior. Father God, during this silent prayer time, I'd ask you to hear the prayers of your people who will be saying yes to you, Lord. Hear our prayers. Father God, we know that what you value is the heart, is the inward reality. And so, Father, for everyone in this room who's made that decision to follow you, Jesus, to accept you as their Savior, we pray that you would put them on the right path and allow us, your church, to guide each individual on that path, that journey with you, Jesus. Father God, I pray for all those who will be baptized this morning, that this would be more than just going through the motions that this would be the beginning of a new life and a new identity following you, Jesus, as our Savior. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Last week, when, uh, when we talked about baptism, we put a little sign-up sheet in the back and said, if you're interested in being baptized, you can sign up in advance. And, and we had a, a few people who, who said yes to that and did sign up in advance, but I want you to know this. 
If you didn't sign up in advance, but you feel like it's your time to be baptized, you can do that, right? We don't care, oh, you didn't sign up. No, you can do that. If you've said yes to Jesus, if you claim him as your Savior, you may be baptized today. And so here's how this will work. And I was in touch with a few of you who did, did kind of sign up in advance. And so what will happen is this. You'll have a chance to come forward. And if so desired, this is not a requirement, but if so desired, you can say a few words if you'd like to, to speak about your relationship with Jesus, speak about your faith. That's up to you. You don't have to say anything because you standing up here, that is a sign to us, that is a sign to all of us of what's going on in the inside that you have made Jesus your Savior. You're also welcome to bring somebody with you up on this stage. Hey, listen, it's close quarters, but we can make it work, right? To bring a friend, a supporter, a family member with you. you can invite, even if you didn't ask them in advance, guess what? If somebody invites you to come up with them, just say yes, do the right thing, right? And so you're welcome to come forward and do that. And so now I'm going to ask Sean to come up as we prepare for baptisms. And as you feel led by the Spirit, please make your way up. Um, I just want to say thank you. It's like really. It's okay. You're allowed to cry. <laughs> we'll all cry together, right? Let's not <laughs> no dry eyes today. The church that cries together, that's hope. I mean, I was working at Marty McGee's from 11 a.m. till 4 a.m. last night, and I just prayed <laughs> like that I would be able to make it today because it's really important to me. <laughs> but, um, not tears of sadness. I don't mm-hmm. know. Exhaustion, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But um, I really like to everybody. Some of you guys know like personal situations that had happened with me and Francesca before Christmas. And each and everybody, like, you all helped lift me through like a really difficult time. And mm. um, I would be nothing without my Hope family. And I feel mm. really stupid. But I just. <laughs> Since I had an opportunity, I really wanted to personally tell everybody that, like, from the bottom of my heart. And thank you for thank having you, me. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Please stand right here. Face your friends. Jillian, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You believe that he died on the cross for your sins and for our sins. You have received him as your Savior. And now you are baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God bless you. (laughs) Do you want to say anything? Excellent. Bella, you can stand right here. First youth, pretty exciting. Let's give a round of applause. (laughs) Bella, thank you for being here. Again, you are up here because you believe that Jesus is the Son of God that he died on the cross for your sins and rose again three days later, and that you have accepted him into your life as your Lord and Savior. And so with that profession of faith, you are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. (laughs) 
Joanna, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You believe that he died on the cross for your sins. And you have received him as your Savior. And now you are baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Yes. Um, yes. To choose this in the future. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you. <laughs> Jennifer, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God mm-hmm. and that He died on the cross for your sins. You perceived Him as your Savior, and now you are baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God bless you. God bless you, Harper. I've, I've got nothing to do this afternoon, so I'm, I'm free. <laughs> I think it's time for one of our awkward church moments. Yes. Uh, is, there, is there anyone else who would like to be baptized at this time? Mm-hmm. Joe, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You believe that He died on the cross for your sins. You received Him as your Savior. Now you are baptized in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Amen. believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You believe that He died on the cross for your sins. Mm-hmm. You perceived Him as your Savior. And now you are baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. A lot of water left. <laughs> <laughs> Emily and Cynthia, can I call you Tink when you're baptized? Is that right? <laughs> Emily and Cynthia, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Mm. You believe that He died on the cross for your sins, and you have received Him as your Savior. And now you are baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Is there anyone else who would like to be baptized at this time? Hmm. 
to say a few words? Do you want to say a few words? These are my daughters, by the way. If you saw, why is he <laughs> kissing those kids? These are my daughters. This is Evangeline, and this is Lily. Girls, are you going to stand over here? Wow. There you go. Right there. And we're going to do this one at a time, okay? Evie, Evangeline, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and you know that he died on the cross for your sins, and you've received him as your Savior, and now you are baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God bless you. You can stay right there, okay? <laughs> Lily, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and you know that he died on the cross for your sins, and you've accepted him as your Savior. Now you are baptized in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Courageous girls you have. Courageous girls. It's impressive. I feel like I was saying, I dare you not to cry now, Josh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there anyone else who would like to be baptized at this time? This isn't a one and done thing, okay? There will be more opportunities. Mm -hmm. If you want some more information, if you'd like to talk with either one of us more about this process and what that means, we can do that. Mm -hmm. But is there anyone else at this time who would like to be baptized? Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for what we have experienced today. Thank you for the new life that you've given to each one who has received you as their Savior. Thank you for the new identity that we have in you. Father God, the world may see us in a lot of different ways, but, but who we really are is who we are in your sight, Jesus, and you see us as precious to you. Father God, allow us to live into that identity. Allow us to be who you created us to be. Father God, for all of us who have received Jesus as our Savior, I pray that you would unlock that something special in our spirit that we could fully live into our destiny. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. How about a big round of applause for everyone who was baptized. Thank you. Thank you.